Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Don't touch that dial. It's the Dogman Radio Hour on Houndsman XP. Your host, Ed Barnes and Tanner Hurt. Now a word from our sponsors at your favorite beverage company. Yes, beverages are always refreshing and good for you too. So remember to stop and enjoy a nice cold beverage from your favorite beverage company. And now, let's catch up to the boys and hear their latest adventure on the dog. Hey guys, uh, Tanner Herr here with Dog Men. I got Ed Barnes, Cody Jenkins, Scott Hampton. We uh, went out this morning with Scott, was his decoy dogs, you know, a lot of learning. So we're just going to do some talking about that and what went on. So Yeah, it was, uh, it was something. Like, it's been a long time since I hunted something with the dog and got the excitement that we we got this morning the first we did probably like four sets on coyotes and we saw i think we just saw one just drew in one coyote but uh the wind was kind of swirling and he caught wind of us and and he was gone but uh we set up the fifth set and and it, it was something i mean it, it's hard to work the wind when you got ed barnes with you yeah um, that's just part of it i mean i kind of told scott that getting into it is <laughs> We're kind of handicapped, but we're going to have to do what we can. So. But, I mean, before we get too deep into it, uh, Scott, why don't you kind of tell a lot of – I know a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, decoy dogs. I mean, we're, we're hunting coyotes with dogs that not in, not in a traditional sense of, like, running hounds, like running coyotes. It's a totally different deal. So why don't you kind of give everybody kind of a explanation of what, what we're talking about? Okay. Um with the dogs, you still have to call the coyotes in, but the coyotes have their pups, you know, usually around mid-April, and they're real protective. They don't want another canine in the area. And the closer you can get set up to a den, usually the the better luck you'll have. But when um, the coyotes come in, we're usually playing some type of coyote vocal fight, distress, or something like that. And when they're coming to the call, the dogs will see them and go out to them. And the coyote will usually turn and run. Dogs, you know, I usually let them chase them 50, 60 yards. And I'll tone the dogs back. And you saw how the dogs just kind of arc around and start to come back and look over their shoulder. Yeah. And coyotes will, you know, typically follow them in. And they might nip one and they'll turn around and they'll chase it off again. The coyote might go into a some tall grass or a tree line and there's two or three more coyotes in there so one can turn into two can turn into three and but what they're doing is they're protecting their pups and their den and right now we are you know on the cutting line of when they kick the pups out of the den or it's called dispersal but they push the pups out of the den and they're not so much in protection mode and you know we got that one today that wanted to work so um very well could have just turned and ran to never be seen again too yeah but, the, the last set that we got some coyotes in like scott said that they weren't the coyotes weren't super aggressive uh he he's been showing us video for a couple of weeks i mean of coyotes literally like 10 and 12 feet from the people because uh, when they get to chasing those dogs they kind of drop their their guard a little bit i guess you yeah. would say yeah when they when they lock in on the dog um, ones that are going to work wind is not a factor anymore you know you can be seen um, it changes there's like a switch that flips and they just go like a buck on a doe that's it, they're just a totally different animal yeah. when that happens yeah today uh i've call hunted in the past i mean i'm not saying i'm a call hunter but the wind's a big big factor in it and uh obviously you don't want to be seen uh 
the Kyle come in on the last set. Seemed like a pretty good win. But when he seen the dogs, he come in and was circling. Cody was getting video of him. And, I mean, I seen him look right at us. There's four four guys sitting there all huddled up in one spot. And he still didn't bother him. I mean, he knew he was there is what I'm trying to say. And the dogs had him so focused on them that he, I mean, any other time, that would have been a no-go. It would have been over. So. Yeah. And then the first one that came in, you know, he was close. He had to be close. And he looked, uh, you know, he might have been younger or whatever, and he didn't, you know, he didn't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. And then that one, the one that worked, he came in once and then left and came back, didn't he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's what was kind of neat about it was, like, I, I've uh, kind of like Tanner. I've done a little bit of call hunting with one of my uncles, but not very much. And I, it's, you know, I was a kid when we did it. But this was different. Because, like, the second guy that come in on the last set, we I mean, we thought we lost him. For whatever reason, he took back off, and the dogs kind of chased him. And and then Scott called the dogs back. I'm sitting there thinking it's over. You know, I mean, like, we missed our shot on that on that one. But sure enough, that thing, the dogs coaxed it back into into range. That uh, Today, another thing I've been, I've been amazed with is, yeah, we're we're not talking about you're running bear, or you're running a pig, or you're trailing a coon or whatever. But the focus on them dogs is out of this world. I guess I would say is they know what they're doing. They're not driving the track, but at the same time, their wheels are turning, and they're looking for when that call goes off. That's what I was impressed with, Scott. Is they know what they know what you're there for, you know. And um, yeah. tell us a little bit about how you start per se if i was going to do it how would i go about getting started i mean just i tell you know i tell everybody you know get you a pup and if you're lucky get one that's going to turn eight or nine months in april because i usually you know the action usually gets pretty good early may mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i don't like to have a dog younger than that out there because i mean the way i see it if i got a six-month-old pup out there and i get it rolled and it quits me that's on me mm -hmm. if i got a dog that's eight or nine months old if it gets rolled and it quits that dog might be 15 months old before it gets rolled the first time it's still going to quit mm -hmm. the way from what i've seen and <clears throat> i don't i don't do anything with those pups but let them be puppies play with them get them out mess with them um the like i was telling you guys earlier teaching those dogs to come back to the tone a couple hot dog weenies in 10 minutes mm -hmm. you just beep them and reward them and you know do that a couple of days and you pretty much got one tone broke um <clears throat> a lot of guys want to drag a tail a coyote tail around or a hide or whatever i don't think that hurts anything but i don't think it helps mm -hmm. and one thing that i tell tell everybody is don't kill a coyote and bring a dead coyote home and start dragging it around or dragging it behind the four-wheeler because that could shake a dog up you know they mature differently mm -hmm. i've had dogs that were probably ready at six months but i've had some that were not ready till they were 10 months and i don't want to do anything to shake that dog up it's just like if you had one of your hog dogs was three four months old and you put it in a pen with the hog and that dog that hog rolled it that dog might not want to have anything to do with pigs anymore. Or yeah. it might light a fire in that dog. Yeah, exactly. You got to – every dog is different, um, just like people. Everyone's confident level mm -hmm. is different than others. Yeah. I mean, and you don't want to put them in a scenario that's going to rattle their brain yep. right off the bat. I, yeah. I get that 100%. Yeah. Uh, describe your dogs a little bit for us. I mean – The breed. and The breed and – and is the size the size of your dog is it a big factor? I mean, I've well, as far as it, when it comes to size, I've had you know I had the little the dog poot that I showed you that you just saw the pictures of. She's mm -hmm. ten pounds, and I've had in June I've had two coyotes come in that look like males, big coyotes coming in, and she take off to them just her, turn and run never to be seen again. Now when you get coyotes working, say they come in and like with the two dogs we had today one of those dogs weighs about 28 pounds the other one weighs right at 40. not a whole lot of size difference but there is some but when you've got a considerably smaller dog when they start working especially when you get 
three or more, they will target the smaller dog. You'll have more aggression towards that smaller dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the initial, if they're going to work, they're going to work. Um, I just like the 40, 45 pound dogs because they're big enough to handle themselves and they're small enough that um, if there is an intimidation factor, they're usually, you know, I don't think they'd be too intimidating. But, yeah. and I've had, um, I've had uh, black mouth Catahoula cross dogs. I've had um, mountain cur, jag cross dogs. Uh, the one dog today is half Donovan Pincher, half Jag Terrier, and the Donovan Pinchers are a protection dog. They've got like seven or eight different breeds. This guy took dog one, bred it to dog eight, got pups, dog two to dog seven, and narrowed down to what he wanted with his cross. And um, and those dogs, they you can't just go find one. You're going to have to find somebody that's in that crowd that knows you're going to take that dog and use it for what it's supposed to be, what it's bred for. So they've stayed pretty pure, and um, but they've got, with what they've got, they've got Bulldog in them, they've got some Malinois in them, they've got some Dutch Shepherd, some Cane Corso, but they seem to have a pretty good prey drive mm-hmm. with everything that's mixed in them. And so she's half that and half Jag Terrier. And... <clears throat> You know, she's athletic. You can tell by, you know, mm-hmm. you saw she's she's athletic and can do quite a bit. And then um, I've had some with a little bit of everything. And then, you know, of course, the Patterdales, they're not big enough to do it. But what got that started was when I first started doing this, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Predator Masters, Predator Masters Forum. So they've got coyote hunting, they've got lions, bears, and houndsmen section and all that. And that's where all the decoy dog guys, you know, their conversations and all that happened. And they started talking about Patterdale Terriers, talking about how they're crazy, they're nuts, they're insane. You can't control them. There's no way you can make a decoy dog out of them. And when I first started doing this, there were a couple of guys on that forum that were just critical of everything. They claimed their dogs would do this and they would do that. And there was never any video, though. Oh, I'm too, you know, I'm not taking a camera. I'm too busy and all that. Well, one of the main guys somehow made a DVD on decoy dogs, and it was an absolute joke. Mm -hmm. And there definitely wasn't any proof of his dogs doing the thing. Now, I will say that guy breeds dogs. He breeds quality dogs. Mm -hmm. But the claims he was making, no, they they weren't happening. But they were critical of me and one of my buddies, so we just started filming. And I mean, I was we were throwing content after them, um, content after content, just you know to shove it in their face. And with the Patterdales, with uh, everything. Yeah. And then I had I'd had the Patterdale and was doing it with her. And it's like, you know, you're talking one of your deals the other day. People were talking about why you do it and all that. And I said, whenever you're doing it to prove something to somebody else, you're not having fun. When you get to the point to where you're hunting, you don't worry about what anybody else thinks about your dogs, where you're satisfied with your dogs and you're having a good time, that's when you win. Yeah. But I went for years and, I mean, I felt like I needed to produce two or three videos a week or I was failing, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case at all. But um, that's what got me started with the Patterdales. Is like, oh, I'll show you, you can decoy with the Patterdale. And I honestly, I just got lucky. I got the best dog I've ever had in my life and she did it and she loved it and she was good at it. Now she got hurt quite a bit because she's 10 pounds, mm-hmm. but um, she loved to do it. So I let her continue to do it. And, um, but, now, Mila, she's a Patterdale. Her mama was a little bitty dog, and I bought her to use as a, you know, do terrier stuff with her to go on the ground and stuff, and she turned out to be three times bigger than I was hoping she'd be. So she got to do this, and she's pretty good at it, and she enjoys it, and, you know, they know when I throw those collars on them that it's time. Yeah, they know. They knew as soon as they got out of the truck this morning that, hey, this Basically, yeah. when we pulled in the driveway this morning, they was, you ready to go hunt? That's <laughs> yeah. what they was telling us. And yeah. I uh, don't It was just really, really impressive. It's it's not that – there's not that many people that do it. 
you know. Right. So right. I've seen videos and you know coyotes up in your lap and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you know how how often does that happen? But today that coyote wasn't even it wasn't that aggressive. I mean, I'll tell you right. that. But the still yet them dogs knew how to work it enough. And of course you're toning them back and and when you tone them they but they still know the speed. They don't just bull rush them. Mm-mm. You know they they know to kind of high trot over there to them and and just kind of tease them you know that's yeah i mean that we should probably mention that that some people might think that those dogs are going out and like fighting coyotes and we didn't see any of it today i mean we saw there was a little bit of nipping yep but uh from what you were telling us like i mean they're not just going out and and balling up with these coyotes regularly it's really like a it's It's really it's a cat and mouse kind of well, one thing I've noticed is, and I learned this when I was in New Mexico a few years ago, because I actually stumbled across a den. Those coyotes, when they come in, when they leave, they are leaving opposite of where that den is. They're not turning and going back in that direction. They're going somewhere else. So they're wanting to take that dog away from away. that den. Yeah. And then when the dog turns and starts coming back to us, when it's a, you know, when they're not coming back towards the den, they're going to follow those dogs. And, you know, you saw that dog nip, nipped Mila's butt, and she turned around, rah, rah, and then it was done. It the was dog done. took off. You know, sometimes earlier, you know, like, say, maybe June or July-ish, when, those, when they've got the pups are still younger, those coyotes will be a little more aggressive. Yeah. And, the, you know, they might hook up for five or six seconds. Yeah. But it's not that dog's job to fight, but they need to be able to. Yeah, they got to be able to move, and they got to mm-hmm. be able to fend for themselves. Well, I think yeah. you were saying that, like, that. I mean, that's the most. Like Tanner was asking about getting some dogs and starting this. I, I think you. I think you said that getting a dog that will actually go to the coyote is you can't train them. They just have to. They just have to have that naturally, and right. and and that was the big part of. Yeah, if a if a dog will go to a coyote, you can make a decoy dog out of it. But uh, I think a lot of people wind up their dogs are just companion on stand mm-hmm. because number one, they want to shoot the coyote as soon as they get a chance, mm-hmm. and you cannot make a decoy dog with a dog coming in and shooting it. You make a recovery dog. Yeah. And secondly, the you know today was a beautiful day. Yeah. You know it got warm yeah. there at the end, but. When you start out and it's 85, 87 degrees by 9 o'clock and then at 9.30 it's 92, it's miserable. Yeah. And there's ticks and there's spider. Everything, you know, there's a lot of it that sucks. And guys, you know, they think, well, I'm just going to hunt in the fall and the winter. Well, the coyotes don't work. And it's hard to make a dog. And uh, that's why I think a lot of these guys, you know, when they ask questions – you know i give them my opinion on stuff what's worked for me and it's not the easiest method Mm -hmm. so they'll talk to another guy that'll tell them something that's a whole lot excuse me a whole lot easier and i always ask them i said you need to get your advice from a guy who has dogs like you want your dogs to work and when they're talking to guys whose dogs don't see two coyotes a year what they tell them to do is easier just like the one guy i told you about recently he um, had a guy tell him, you know, just tie your dog up beside you if you're going to go out there and he's too, and, you know, the dog's too young. That way you don't get the dog hurt. The last thing I want my dog to do is I don't want to be a safety blanket. Mm-hmm. I want that dog out in front of me. And you saw how those dogs will go out there and they'll watch and they'll look and then they'll kind of get bored and they'll trot down and they'll cover some ground. I want a dog moving. I want him out there, there away from me. And another thing is like, yeah, we hunted some hay fields and stuff, but part of this was weeds. You know, it was some of this was over the dog's head. Yeah. And so I think you're, in my opinion, I mean, obviously I'm not an expert at this. This was my first time, but when they're moving like that, yeah, they're not, like, they're not beating a the track. They're, but they're getting a different angle. You know, they're, they're on different ground. They're on this hill. They're on that hill. Their trees are different. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's as good as any. You don't want yeah. them to. And they was checking back in, as I would call it today. You know, they'd come back by us. And, but when, when, you, when you hissed at them, I mean, they knew, hey, he's telling me there's something close. They knew there was a coyote. Yeah, they knew there was a coyote. And like you were talking about, like, so, you know, we pretty much had basically four dry runs first thing this morning. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to shoot coyotes, was, it went to the, 
when we set up at the fifth one, you started calling in almost, I mean, within a Second. minute. It, with a minute. Oh, it wasn't know, even a minute. Probably not a minute, but we had that one coyote pop up. You could have shot him right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's um, what, sat there for 15, 20 seconds before yeah. he moved. Yeah. I mean, but every coyote that's come in, he could have shot. It just kind of gets yeah. the dogs work. Yeah, we were waiting for the dogs to get into it. And so, those three, we was like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Yeah, on the on the second, I don't know if it was the second or the third one. I don't know if it was two or three. But the, the one that you ended up shooting, you know, he, he was working, as you say, mm-hmm. a little bit. But it wasn't. It wasn't like some of the videos. Was, he he was coming back. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't like super aggressive. But it's enough that we had him irritated enough that he was coming back. Yeah, but we we saw some some dog work, and then Scott goes, "You guys want me to shoot him?" And we're like, "Shoot that fucker now!" <laughs> <laughs> The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogueroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogueroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house changing tires on the side of the road my truck doesn't leave the driveway without a cajun light in it and that light is the micro gator every cajun light is durable made from the highest quality components and it is backed by cajun's top rated customer service check out cajun lights you can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com go to our sponsors page hit that link it'll take you right to cajun lights check them out they got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. One of the videos I sent you uh, the other day, I was in Kansas with some guys that I go up there and hunt with a couple times a year. And um, we got in last year, we got into several stands, good, good, solid stands. And then the other day, that coyote comes in, the one that was just right there, just barking. <laughs> and Jake shoots him. I'm like, what are you doing? And he no more than shoots him. And you saw the dog standing there and then that other coyote come in. If he wouldn't have shot that coyote when that other dog came in, that would have been like, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But it was still a good stand, but it wasn't near what it would have been. And he was like, man, I'm sorry. I can't believe I did that. So like, so we didn't get to, we didn't get to see it today, but so like normally like we just had single coyotes coming in for the most part yeah. but the videos you've showed us sometimes it's multiple multiple coyotes coming in so let's say you do that and you know the dogs are working and you shoot one is that set over no like you no. can the, they'll keep coming even oh, after yeah. a shot yeah now they're gonna run a little bit but a lot of times when you've got multiple coyotes and usually what i try to do is shoot the least aggressive coyote first when I have one start backing off on me, I'll shoot it first. And most of the time, the one that gets is the least aggressive is the is the alpha male. He lets the young dogs do the, the, do the young coyotes work. do the dirty work. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. He lets those those younger coyotes do the dirty work. And you know, when you shoot them, sometimes they'll go. Well, just like that one coyote, you know, he disappeared there for a minute. He was over that deal the last time he came back. You just keep. And what I do is I mess with sounds like I changed. I played three different sounds on that coyote when he was up by that fence. Mm -hmm. And when I'd have one that that perked him up, I'd play it. And then when he quit, I'd go back to one of the other ones. And that's that's pure experimental. There's no science or proven technique behind that. It's just what i like to do and but you know that other one those other ones come back they might one of them might um 
tackle up and, you know, get 30, 40 yards from you, and then you pop him. And then the other one might squirt off and come back. But, it's, yeah, it's not uncommon to shoot and those coyotes come back. I think that, to me, that was the favorite part. My favorite part was that, you know, we thought we lost that coyote and you just kept calling and the dogs were out there working. And then, sure enough, you popped over that knoll and I was like, I can't believe this thing came back. You know? Well, the first time we, seen, we first seen him up against the fence row, he seen us and left. But yeah. he seen them dogs and he wanted to come back because they caught his interest. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they, they like, like Tanner said, they definitely knew we were there. And then you yeah. kept changing the call and he'd get excited and start hopping up over the top of the grass. Yeah, and that you know, like, and with that grass, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get lucky enough to call one in on a cut hayfield, mm-hmm. but that grass, you know, I told those dogs, go get them, and they took off where they need to go. They just didn't go far enough, but they couldn't see. Yeah, you know, you just nobody, 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 could, nobody could see anybody. And then finally, you know, then the dogs turn around and start trotting, and the damn coyote starts moving. It's like, oh gosh, and you can't. Like, you can't do anything. If I were to have done anything, I just let them come back. I wait till they turn and get back, and then I'll try to hype them up again. Yeah, and, and like, at that one time, they might have been 30 yards from each other, mm-hmm. you know, and they they didn't know each other was there. So it, the patience on the trigger is another thing. If you want to make one, I would say. Everything. You have to, you have to dang sure take a chance of not killing that coyote yeah. to get them. To get them started. Now, now when you've got guys like the government guys in the Dakotas and Wyoming and all that, that their job is dead coyotes, they're going to sometimes shoot them sooner than yeah. a recreational yeah. guy like me would. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, take your rifle, set it up in the sticks, and set it three feet from you. Mm-hmm. Just because if you're going to make a dog, you're it's not about shooting coyotes. Yeah. It's about letting the dogs do what they do. And then getting the coyote killed. I mean, that's the same, and that's the same in a lot of, you know, dog hunting. Like when we're training pups, lots of times you go out with the mindset of we're probably not going to tie a hog tonight. Sometimes, I mean, lots of times we do, but I always try to tell myself like that's not the goal. Putting pigs on the ground tonight is not the number one goal. It's getting them the dogs' exposure and getting the training started. Like when you get a bay, uh, when you're pig hunting. When you got a puppy out there, a young dog, you don't you don't hustle. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But the dogs we run, they're not real rough. You know, they're gonna stay back in bay. The more that puppy can work that bay, if the hog breaks and runs, you know, even if they lose him, if that puppy can pick that track back up, that's a huge win. A huge win, you yeah. know, and uh, that's the same thing. You you mentioned that you've hunted in in quite a few different states. Have you noticed that the coyotes are different in any of the states that you've hunted? Up in South Dakota and Montana, up in those areas where the country's just vast, just huge. Um, first time I ever went up there, we'd been there two days and killed one or two coyotes. And every coyote, like if you read the book, it's going to tell you when the coyote hears a call, it's going to try to get downwind and all that. Most coyotes I kill around here, are they come to the call. And I'm not saying that I don't have coyotes get behind me and bust me because they get downwind of me, but I focus on where I want to put the coyote and where he's at and not letting the wind blow to him. Up there, they followed the book. I mean, they did exactly like the textbook tells you. They would go downwind, and I would be sitting on the edge of a... You couldn't sit in a chair. We just sat on pads on the ground because this, you know, there was no flat ground. And you'd see a coyote six, seven, eight hundred yards just trotting across. Do you think, get, you think to, part of that's probably the, the vastness of that? I think it's the vastness of it, and I don't really know what else to contribute to it. But there's, but they definitely they play they did the wind. And what we wound up doing the third day, typically, I want the the wind blowing in my face or across me, crosswind or you know straight at me. What we wound up doing was setting the call out and having one of us would go about 300 yards downwind of the call and had to still shoot coyotes at two and 300 yards. But we killed, we killed five doing that, but it was just totally different. But up there, another thing about up there, you know, we go places here, you can pull up on X or Google earth or whatever, 
and I can kind of look at stuff and say, this is probably where the coyotes are. Yeah. Up there, everything's the same, and there's so much of it, you almost had to get lucky. Yeah, I mean, you know, not that obviously we're not experts, but like when we would pull up to spots this morning, I mean, part of it is kind of your point in that direction, but you can kind of tell like that area is probably going to hold coyotes. Mm-hmm. But that's what messed us up this morning was that we the would, wind we would set up with the wind going one way, and by the time we got our chairs set down, mm-hmm. it had spun back around. Yeah. And I think you said that you know when you're calling coyotes, there's what were the what were the three important things? Wind, wind, and wind. Yeah, <laughs> those are right. the first three. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, have you ever? I mean, I know you got two dogs out there with you, but have you ever tried like snake control? I mean. No. You never have. Uh-uh. No. Um, I mean, you think about it. You got cadaver dogs mm-hmm. that can find a dead body 20 feet in the ground covered with coffee grounds, yeah. diesel, yeah. pig manure. You're just not going to fool their nose. Yeah. Um, there's guys that want to promote those products and stuff. And there's, you know, my, my challenge to them is set a little ribbon out there where it shows which way the wind's blowing, where you're setting and call me a coyote up using whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Get me a coyote that will come that you can put in your scent cone yeah. with any product you got. It just, it's not going to happen. Now I've had dumb luck. Like the one I told you, I'm calling coyote comes in. This is during the winter, no dogs shooting. Two minutes later, another coyote comes in from a different direction, shooting, call for a little bit more. Nothing else is going to come in, finish the stand, stand up wind blowing straight in my face stand up and 75 yards behind me i got a coyote sitting on his butt just looking at me mm-hmm. so i'm not saying that they but if you're banking on any type of scent control to save you from a coyote busting you it's just it's foolish yeah. it's a waste of time so you only you only use dogs what may through september yeah and then uh, during the fall and winter i'll take them every now and then just to get them out of the house and you know they chase coyotes off i don't care it's not hurting mm. hurting anything so i just but they're they're effective like right now maybe another week or two you'll you're going to see that we could go out and i'd say nine out of ten coyotes we call are going to run we might have one that might follow them back to a couple hundred yards but they're not going to be aggressive do you think that on that last set this morning do you think that den was probably behind us up there by the, that one come out by the gate up against the fence yep. you think the den was probably behind us somewhere ah uh, it's hard to say because that place that's only the second time i've been to that place ever and i don't know what it looks like beyond there but most not i don't even know if typically is the right word but by the by the book they're going to be on the edge of a hill that's facing east near water so where we were when that rolled over you know there was water in a lot of places i don't know if it was due directly east but i think if i was guessing up there behind that gate where the where the gate was Mm -hmm. if you rolled off in there it's somewhere within a couple hundred yards of there and that first one who knows i mean he might have been laying in the grass I think he, yeah. at that fin- on the fence at the corner. We, we know more had our chairs. Yeah, up. I know. Yeah, you just turned on the call. It wasn't yeah. ten seconds. Yeah. On um, on your call, go back to that. On your volume, I seen you. I think you was playing with your volume some. Yeah. You know, on your you get higher for a little while, then you go low. And yeah. What's your What's your main reason? That just responses or. Uh, I just. I don't call real loud. Mm-hmm. And then there's times like on the one that came in that, that busted us or got our wind. I turned it up there because where he came from is where they usually come from. And I wanted to just get some more volume out mm-hmm. there. Um, but whenever, you know, I'm in a place that's a little more tight, I don't want to just blast Blow it. Blow it out. Yeah. One thing that struck me <clears throat> was that, like how old were those dogs that we hunted this morning? Three. So, I mean, they've been around. They're three or four. They might be four. You, but you would start, you know, uh, and you got to mention, you're, you're, play, you, you're calling coyote sounds, mm-hmm. not mealtime sounds. Right. For the most part. But, right. so, but what, what I was going to say was that what struck me was that you would start making those coyote calls and those mm-hmm. dogs that are pretty experienced, 
they would perk up at the call itself. And it's, I was like, there were certain calls I noticed yeah. that sometimes they they get real serious after when yeah. you turn on a certain call. I'll, but yeah. I was like, you know, calls have gotten pretty uh, advanced when seasons dog. They're kind of fooling season dogs. Yeah, both those dogs are four. I just looked up; they just turned four. Yeah. Um, say we like the canine. One of those sounds I played is just canine puppies. It's just a litter of puppies domestic puppies just whining how they how they sound uh that's kind of a prey sound and a a vocalization Mm -hmm. sound it kind of covers both yeah and but if i went out and say we sit down and we just turned on rabbit had a coyote or two coyotes coming in they're in hunt mode then not saying they won't work the dogs but whenever they're coming to a coyote fight or a distress or something like that, they're in a different mode. They're coming to protect. They're looking to see what's going on. So um, now I have in the past used like coyote growls and fawn distress with pretty good success, but I don't depend on many prey sounds. Uh, Even, you know, even in the fall and winter, I don't play, I play way more vocalizations than I do Hmm. prey. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. Were, did you come from any other dog sports? Is this your, your first uh-uh. hunting with dogs? That's it. Really? Yeah. I was watching um, TV, and there was a guy named Cal Taylor. He's the guy from Wyoming, the government guy from Wyoming that I told you about. And they had uh, on one of the channels, it was called, they called it Coyote Hunting is Gone to the Dogs. And him and the guy he hunted with, um, they were doing this decoy dog deal and i'm like wow that's cool yeah i didn't know anything about dogs. really i didn't know anything about dogs you never have you ever you've never run like running hound type mm-hmm. open on nope. dog on nope. coyotes when i was a kid you know i was born in 1970 so 77 78 80 ish my grandpa hunted birds and he always had two dogs he had a seasoned dog and a young dog and i think he ha- had pretty good dogs you know, of course, I guess everybody thinks their grandpa's dogs are great, but the guys he hunted with, they used, they, they had, I think they had pretty solid dogs. Yeah. So I had hunted birds with my grandpa before, you know, and he had, you know, had the whistle. There weren't any training collars or anything like that. He just had a whistle that he carried. And, um, but I hadn't done anything else with dogs at all. Did you, uh, I mean, did you call hunt before that or? I just started. Just started? Just started. I had i had been hunting coyotes for months yeah before i saw it and then i got interested in it so what uh what year was that 2010 10 yeah because i mean like i said i've seen some videos on it and and stuff like that but there's really in our area there's there's not very many people that not that really and not really there's a lot of people that call hunt and oh, you know it's yeah. getting big around yeah and that's another thing that you was talking about is is your pressure yeah on your coyotes and stuff is the the education on them yeah i used to five or six years ago i had you know there for several years i hunted 150 plus days a year when i got off work i knew where i was going there's times i drove to okima you know over an hour away to make one stand Mm -hmm. But I had what I called 80 percenters. I knew that 80 percent of the time I was going to call coyotes there. 
and I'd do that. And then there'd be times that I was a little closer to the house. I was going to get here at this time. I was going to be there no longer than this many minutes. And I was in the truck driving to the next one, make that second stand. But they were productive, mm-hmm. you know. And now, okay, here's another thing. Back that far back, eight out of ten coyotes that I called in would work a dog. Now it's two out of ten. Really? Yeah, and calling way fewer in. And then with, uh, you know, thermal being legal now, it's going to be so hard to call a coyote in the next year and a half, two years. It's already hard, but it's going to get really hard. Yeah, and the thermal the thermal deal is just getting started in our area. Um, and we do have the hills that make it harder. I mean, just the terrain, you know, it's, yeah. it's getting around. But, but yeah, it's going to. For the thermal guys, yeah, it, it's awesome. You know, they they enjoy doing it. It is at the moment. But uh, the new wear off, for, <laughs> I hope, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I hated it that they legalized it because, you know, I was telling you guys that I know some guys from, like, the eastern states where they've been able to use thermal for several years before now. And there were guys that um, seriously didn't kill three or four coyotes a year. Mm-hmm. And then they got thermal and they started killing 10 or 12 a month and that's a drastic increase Mm -hmm. and after about two years instead of killing 10 or 12 a month they're killing two three or four a month Mm -hmm. and it will continue to increasingly get worse and that's the same thing around here because i guarantee if you can't call a coyote in the dark you're not going to call one during the day do you ever i mean it would have to be real close range you ever use your dogs at night yeah, oh yeah. And the thing about it, coyotes are are not terribly aggressive, but they are aggressive at night year-round. Really? Yeah, more so than they would be in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's a, you know, with that, there's so much luck involved with that, with those dogs, how they'll go out. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going out and they cross paths or whatever, that works out great. But say we're calling and we have coyote come in across here and I've got a dog standing over there mm-hmm. and the wind's not blowing right, they don't have a clue. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you just shoot the coyote and get him killed. Mm-hmm. But if they're coming in or, you know, especially with thermal, you know, you can look up and you can see what's going on. So you know that there's a good chance there. Or if I got a dog over here and a coyote's coming across, I start toning those dogs, try to get them to cross paths or, or their wind hit each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more difficult, but whenever it does happen the coyotes are still aggressive in the winter that's that's another thing on the wind we use the wind for our dogs you know sure but it's a factor for you on your calling you know and uh, we try to drive their noses into the wind you know and uh so it's it all comes back around to a dog's nose i guess as well well and it's like with your pigs if you knew say you had an 80 and you could get you could access it from any direction and you go in and you stop your truck and you get out of your truck and the wind that you're back and it blows where those pigs are mm-hmm. 600 yards away they're going to smell you and they're going to leave yeah and then you know you've got the advantage of number one the pigs don't know that you're there when you've got the wind helping your dogs but with you know with the coyotes you know if they hit your scent cone i mean that scent goes out like that and if they hit it if with their if they're 400 yards or closer Man, they're going to turn and go the other way. Yeah, that that one today, where I think it was the set before we, yep. we got on that coyote. I mean, Cody got it on video. I mean, just he was coming in fast as he could, and as soon as he hit that scent cone, he, he spun on a dime and was yep. gone. So. And there was no getting him back. No, he was at 100 yeah. yards and then 300 in a matter yeah. of seconds. Yeah, he wasn't locked in on the dog, so there wasn't any getting him back. And I hear a lot of guys that, that hunt deer talk about – you know, coyotes will come by, you know, they're just doing what they do. So they come by and they shoot him with the bow. And then they talk about, yeah, this coyote came in on my trail where I walked in. And as soon as he hit it, he turned and was gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their, their nose keeps them alive. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a smart animal. Very. And that, and that was something else. I don't know if we touched on it or not, but I think it was at that. I think it was, it was at that set where the, the coyote caught us, but, uh, it was after that the dogs got out about three four hundred i mean they will go out and hunt and you you were saying it's not as common but instead of the coyote coming to the call the dogs will go out 
and find, find a their own coyote and kind of bring it back. And that's the thing about these dogs. These are the two best dogs I've ever had, and I've had some really nice dogs. But just, you know, they'll get bored. And, you know, yeah, there's times that they're 300 yards out here doing doing what they're doing, and I got coyotes over here, and I can't get the dogs called back quick enough to get any interaction with the two, mm-hmm. and you just wind up shooting the coyote. But yeah. um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I like it. I like it when they go down in there because a lot of times, you know, they'll run across the coyote, mm-hmm. and you'll hear the fight will break out, and you'll they'll come back with coyotes. Yeah, it was – this morning was something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's another thing with us is, you know, I can't tell you how many times is we'll have two dogs out there, 800 yards, 900. Like, man, they're they're getting after it, you know. And then you got one that, oh, yeah, he's milling around 150, 200. <laughs> and all you're going to be mad at him. Like, oh, da, 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 da. And then he'll end up being the one that finds the pig on the other side of the road. Yeah. You know, it's it's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I like it when, like, the area where we were at, I liked how they were just out there a little bit looking, and then they cruised out one time and mm-hmm. came back and turned and looked. Um, I mean, none of them are going to be perfect. There's going to – I don't know of a single person that has a dog that they won't tell you has a couple of flaws. They've all got flaws, but I really, you know – the flaws that mine have, I'll, I'll take them. I can, I can handle it. I can handle it. I mean, the control you had on them. I mean, and and getting an understanding of. I mean, getting an understanding of it today. It's paramount that you have that control. And you know, uh, the majority of that comes from when I get home from work. I open that gate and I let those dogs out. And you know, I can tell them stay close and i don't know that they comprehend it or not but when i tell them stay close they don't go very far past those trees and i can call them back now across the street here or across the property line here there's some old sheds and there's something that burrows down in there and a lot of times i gotta go recover dogs over there because they're in a hole or trying to get in a hole but for the most part you know i've got them out here and i'll whistle them back come on you know and get them to come back, pet them, love on them, then let them mill around. And, you know, they're just, they're handled a bunch. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, So the big dog, it doesn't have any Patterdale in it, right? She's got Jag in her. Jag in her, but that's pretty much the same thing. I mean, not the same thing, but. She's got some Terrier in her. It points to the same point. Mm -hmm. So you got a, a, a Jag cross and a Patterdale that at one point this morning were chasing a coyote. And you just toned them, and they stopped yeah. and come back to yeah, us to get, around and to, come get back. to get yeah. them to chase us. And a lot of people would think, uh, t- you can't make a terrier do that. Like, when they lock in on game, they are. Yeah, it's hard for any hunting dog, really. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's the thing with Patterdales. I don't know. Maybe, I'm sure all guys probably do it, too. But they argue with each other, and they fight. Who's dog's best? Who's this? Who's that? You know, when you get a dog in the ground with a coon, if you've got a dog that is aggressive and wants to hook up with one, they're going to get banged up. You know, they're probably going to have to go to the vet or they're going to be down for two or three weeks. You get a dog that'll get down in there and just bay and bark at one and not mix it up with them, you hunt that dog the next day. And those guys' egos get those dogs hurt. And some dogs are just what they are. You know, they're hard dogs and they're going to do what they do. But with, you know... I like telling you, I handle them. I handle them all the time. Now, there's times that they're fresh. Maybe say you go somewhere and first stand, they get on something and it takes off running. I might have to switch over to momentary and tap them to (laughs) get their attention. But no, they, uh, and another thing like you might have seen whenever Mila, she kind of wants to do terrier stuff all the time. I'd beep that collar. I just beep it, and she'll come stand, and she'll start looking. Mm-hmm. She knows it's like, hey, you know, I get her attention, and she comes back and gets back in the game. Not reality. Yeah. You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx. 
Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying, studying the map. When I'm riding trails, I put the tracking app on. It helps me get around in strange country. I could mark water sources, food sources, bear sign, just all kinds of options within Onyx. You need to check out Onyx Maps by going to houndsmanxp.com. Click on the link on our sponsor page. You'll go right to Onyx Maps, and when you check out, enter the code HXP20, and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. On our first set this morning, we was in a hay field. Uh, hay was still in it, the bales. We just propped up against some hay bales, and I was kind of low, and I seen some movement off to our right, and... I kind of told these guys, because I couldn't tell if it was coyote or a Bigfoot, but uh, ended up being deer. Well, the dogs, they seen movement, yeah. you know, and I swear, they, they take off that way, and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Why don't edge dogs again? <laughs> but no, I, I swear, just by the way they ran and kind of the, the path they took, they was, they was almost like they was seeing what was flushing those deer out of there. Yeah. I swear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, but it was it was something to see. I mean, it's just that was pretty nice. That was pretty nice because that was our first set. Once again, you just hit the call, and then they yeah. were they were. How far do you think they were? A couple hundred from C- us. A couple hundred. Yeah. yeah. So we couldn't make them out at first. We thought we all kind of momentarily thought they were coyote, and I was like, oh man. Yeah, I was we just now I said, started. I said, man, we're getting then, spoiled today. Then, yeah, then when he said there's two, I'm like, oh, yeah. I zoomed in that camera, and I said, uh-oh, they're deer. <laughs> but, no, it, it it didn't need to be too easy on us. We wanted it to. Like I, like I was saying, I mean, sometimes it's better when it's when it's not quite so easy. Yeah, you need a little bit of a reward at the end. It, it, was, a, it was a reward. I mean, I can't explain. Like, like I said, I've watched videos of it but it's not, watching the uh, video, videos don't do it justice it's here. not the same thing no. you got to be in person to see that it, it's kind of i don't know how, what i would say but the when they're going back and forth you know it's almost like a chess match for yeah. those those dogs they yeah. they run them out there just long enough to kind of get their bluff in on them you know and then they ease their way back and that coyote kind of thinks he's winning you know mm-hmm. and he's kind of pushing them off and then i don't know it's, it's just it has to be the dog to do it, I think, you know, not to just bull rush one, to act like he's just going to jump yeah. all over him, you know. I mean, they was yeah. – they're playing that coyote. Oh, yeah, they was just playing. They was having yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's – you talk about seeing it on film and stuff. You have a coyote follow a dog in, and he's standing from here to that building. <laughs> and just – you're sitting right there. He's yeah. He's just going nuts. It is exciting to me the 50th time as it was the first yeah. it's just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah and, i mean they focus on on those coyotes so much i mean me and cody showed up wearing camo and, and ed gets out and he's in like a bedazzled shirt pearl <laughs> yeah. snaps and yeah has his bald head out really? I was like, you know i told i felt bad when we come here but we call hunted a bunch you gotta be wearing you better be hit if you ain't got dogs <laughs> yeah I yeah, them, but I mean, that's why I'm saying them coyotes, like, they knew we were there. Yeah. That's what kind of blows my mind. Like, they knew we were there. Especially that one. I mean, he saw us right off the bat, but he caught them dogs' attention, yeah. and he was focused on them dogs the whole time. He left and then come back to see if they were still there. Yeah. Do you, do you think that gets to be – they're just a top priority at the time? I mean, they just – they focus so much on those dogs. Yeah, it's it's a protection deal. They they are protecting something. There's pups around, and like right now, you know, those pups are, they're not babies. You yeah. know, they're they're bigger, but you know, they are just being protective. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about this morning, like coyotes are very. I said pack, but and I was a little bit wrong. But you corrected me and said family. So they're so focused on keeping their population at its peak safe they want them safe yeah and 
like you know we were talking about if you've got an area say there's some construction kicks off or whatever and part of their territory is not like it used to be and it won't if it'll maintain if their area is going to maintain seven coyotes there's going to be seven there if it won't they'll push something out they'll they'll force one out and if you're somewhere that will hold nine there's going to be nine and when you kill one kill two whatever you've got the transient coyotes especially right now this time of year they're out they've been kicked out of the house they're trying to find a group to to um get with and be accepted and you know they'll hear you know they'll cruise around and they'll hear that group howl or whatever and they might pass back through there three days later and the group howl sounds off and that one or two is not there they they know they can tell they're going to go in and look they're going to investigate they might be accepted they might not you wouldn't carry all kinds of stuff i mean no you have your call your gun my chair decent chair and, and my tripod. And, and a tripod. And uh, your dogs, I mean, they know enough what's going on. They don't, they're don't. they not running off and doing whatever. I've, I'm kind of envy of it is we could do this on a work night and still get some sleep. It's something to think about. <laughs> not now. We're at the point where we get too addicted and want to hunt all night. And yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I basic. I got my chair, mm-hmm. my call, my remote, yeah. my dog remote. Yeah. You know, that's on that harness. And... I, either a tripod or shooting sticks and mm-hmm. you know in my pack in my rifle so i just put it all in the pack go to over my shoulders and you're set basically yeah and it wasn't a whole lot of, it wasn't a whole lot of walking pretty much hide the truck and get a little yeah. ways away from the truck but it wasn't yeah. like we were hunting now, i've got places where there is a lot of walking yeah but um today i just i tried to set it up where we didn't have to get in and out quick and or try to you know have to walk three-eighths half a mile one way and then turn around and go the next one because it seems like you know it seems like you know when you when you make a set you know pretty pretty quick whether it's going to be productive or not is that yeah. right and there you know and there's sometimes where you might be the 18 minute mark and boom there's a coyote but with this you know most of the time doing it what we're doing and with it being not being about food and all that it's more of a there's an urgency and they show up and they you know, so it, it, just taken care it of. usually happens quicker. How far do you think? So, how far do you think a coyote that heard those calls would travel to get to it? I'd say if you're 300 yards or closer to a den, you're going to have a higher success rate. If I have, well, perfect example, whenever we were in Montana, <clears throat> have coyotes come into you know 400 yards and just sit and watch they wouldn't we weren't close enough to be a bother a bother to them or a concern but they would come in and they'd sit and they'd watch and i wonder if i wonder in that big country you're talking about i wonder if a coyote's range is bigger than it is here i think it is i think it almost have to be but i can't prove it but i know that i you know up there i've had coyotes circle and get down wind half a mile away and i can't tell you you know what's their range will this 640 acres hold two groups or will it hold three or will it hold one so i don't really know um i was telling you the one in wyoming that one male coyote that those government guys killed he was going seven miles there were not sheep within seven miles of where he was and he was coming in every other night killing he'd fill his gut up then he would carry back like a small lamb or whatever and they intercepted him and got him killed and that ended the sheep killing so he traveled a long ways yeah at least seven miles a long ways yeah and i will say before we go he did make a good shot (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty good shot the the pressure was on with a camera on him that cody Cody didn't get the shot the sky (laughs) we don't we don't know we're not 100 percent sure whether it was we're going to have to work on the cameraman. We don't know if that was filmed or not at this point. Yeah, free oh. cameraman, I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. If anybody out there is a, is a good cameraman <laughs> and is looking for a job that pays nothing, yeah. <laughs> we have for you. It's an apprentice, ain't it? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, just in, in closing, I would say if anybody out there gets a chance 
especially if you're into dog hunting. If you get a chance to go with somebody, do it. Do it. Absolutely. And it, I mean, if you and if you don't have that opportunity, uh, get on one of the internet sites and uh, look up some videos. It's not the same thing, but it's still pretty darn impressive. Mm-hmm. Th- these dogs are working. I mean, it's a different type. It's a totally different type of work. I'm trying to figure out what. It's almost disciplined. Mm-hmm. Without, oh, it is, it's discipline sure. without discipline. Because yeah. everything those dogs do, other than toning them, they are just doing what they do. I can't make a dog do something a certain way. Every dog kind of develops its own style. Um, but with the exception of hitting that tone button, it's just they're just doing what they know to do. And they, you know, they like it. It's almost like, I mean, it's like, obviously we're hunting, but it's, and I'm not trying, to, not trying to discredit the dogs, but it's almost more like they're like a working dog as opposed to a hunting dog. Even though True. They're, yeah, they're not going to find anything. They're not, you know, they, yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. a combination. I'd probably say 80% working, 20% hunting, because I feel like when they go out, they're working, but they're also hunting. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find their own. And those two are really good at finding their own. Yeah, I mean, they're using their nose, but a lot of it they're using their brain, how to work that coyote and bring him back to you. Like when we first got started, you know, me and Tanner were watching dogs, and I think we were leaving that that first set, and Tanner goes, the big dog is doing all the thinking. And he's like, i got a feeling that little dog is probably – a shit starter. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, she will. Uh, she doesn't travel as fast as the big dog, and I, I got some the videos. Some of the videos I wanted to send you, they're too long. They won't let it won't let me send them. But we had we were in Montana, and this coyote came in, and it was probably I think when Daniel shot him, he was 478 yards out. But they were going and coming back, and the coyote just wouldn't come any closer. Unfortunately, I was with a couple of guys that are precision long-range shooters, so 400 yards ain't nothing. Ain't nothing to them. And um, they just kept going and coming. And then when they came back, they were probably 250 yards from the coyote because I kept toning them back, hoping that coyote would break and come on in, and it never did. So they shot. And Hooker takes off, you know, she runs up there and she's she's there. And Mila's going behind her. She's about seven or eight seconds behind her. And Daniel goes, oh, short stuff. She's going to get there. It might take her a while. But yeah. she, and, I mean, she runs in there and hits that coyote just wham. She's not scared of nothing. Yeah, you can just – when we got – when we pulled in the driveway this morning, I could just, you could just tell by her attitude is she steps where she wants to step. Yeah. And yeah, we should mention that. We, we should probably let's get some video before we leave. But Scott has one of the best kennel setups I've seen. I mean, it, 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 Thank you. it's top notch. Mm-hmm. It's got it's got my brain. It's it'd be wanting to move in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's nice for that house, ain't it? <laughs> I can sleep in that building with the dogs. Yeah. Well, I can show you. I can tell you what I'd change if I was going to do it again. What would you change? I would make, well, I mean, where we live, it's not in town, but there's neighbors, and I probably wouldn't want to do it here, but if I was a little more remote like we used to be, where you come off there, where the drain is to flush everything down, I would extend out past that further, whatever I could afford panel-wise, or maybe even fencing, to keep those dogs, they're on concrete all the time. And I put that pad hill and that muster stuff. I mm-hmm. treat them with that ever mm-hmm. twice a week or whatever. But that hot concrete will kind of wear on their paws. And hell, it might toughen them up. But it, does, it, it does toughen them. But it toughens them up, but they still need a little moisture added yeah. to them. And an animal needs dirt. Yeah. I mean, so I would I would extend those runs out another 10, 15 feet, whatever, where they they could get on dirt when they want to. Yeah, we should explain it. He's got – he has a – uh, how big is that outbuilding? 12 by 20. He's got a 12 by 20 building. And then off of one side, he has runs of kennels that, that go off the side of the building. And then the building is air conditioned. Does it have heat in it? Yeah. I got a mini split in it. But the problem with the mini split, the lowest, the temperature will go 62. So I just use a little stand-up heater. And I keep it about 45 in there in the winter. So the dog, so the dog's inside, the dog can access 
the building through a door that, that's on hinge so they can get out of the weather if they want and they've got a little uh it's crate so just a crate inside that they can they can sleep in or hang out when it's hot or cold yeah and then he's got on the out just outside of his kennel spaces he has concrete poured past the the panels and then he has a sloping trough trough in the concrete that goes to a septic tank just for the dogs there's no dog smell like i i imagined inside the building that there would be like dog smell but all you could smell was cedar yeah yeah and i use that enzyme some enzyme deal for the for the septic tank no no for the skunks for the odor oh (laughs) hey listen those are the two those are two champion skunk dogs we're gonna have to have a skunk hunt we did last year because i i think i can hang (laughs) we did have a competition skunk hunt and what happened tanner we lost yeah (laughs) Couldn't believe it. But that's because we left Ed's dog at home. Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> yeah. You say that. When was the last time my dogs caught a skunk? When was the last time your dogs caught anything? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's about time to quit. <laughs> <laughs> We're done here. We're going to fight. Well, I just want to thank you for taking us. Main uh, thing. You bet. Before you we bet. go. Um, I've already got my my dates down for next year and mm-hmm. places where we need to go. So Yeah, I think next year we're gonna come hook up with you a little bit earlier. earlier. Yeah. This we're recording this. It's September eighth, ninth. Ninth. It's the ninth. And like we were like Scott was saying earlier, like we're right kind of on the tail end of it and the coyotes just weren't quite aggressive enough. So if we'd have probably we were gonna try to do this a few weeks earlier, but yeah, it was just so hot. so hot. So next year we'll get at it a little bit sooner. Well, I I appreciate you guys having me. I re, I really respect you as you know dog men and the things you do with your dogs. And I, I'm actually I, I'm kind of honored that you thought enough of me that to you know let me be on here and come hunt with me. Well, it was super fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've hunted. I've called in a lot of coyotes, but hunting with dogs is my new way to do it now. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a, there'll be an episode two. There will be good deal. So we'll see y'all next time. Yep. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, check out Decoy Dogs. Yep. Check out Scott Hampton. Mm-hmm.